Welcome to What's a Crime, I'm Linda, and today I have a really interesting video for you. It's from a statement analyst who has analyzed the words of both Trezell and Jacqueline West in their interview in the Orin and Orson West case. And I find it very fascinating what he had to say. But before I get into it, if you'd like to be part of the It's a Crime community, please click that subscribe button below, hit that notification bell to all. I'm going to be coming out with a bunch of new videos. Also, please give this a like and share this out where you can. Now, let's get into it. The statement analyst who dissected this interview, his name is Peter Hyatt. And Peter is a statement analyst and instructor who teaches statement analysis and also analytical interviewing to law enforcement and corporate America. He's a nationally recognized expert in deception and detection. He's done analysis on the John Bonet Ramsey case and also Letitia Stouk and others. Now let's get into his analysis. Note he uses AD for adoptive dad and AM for adoptive mom throughout. I'll actually use their real names. And let's set the scene first. The 13-minute interview took place two days after the children were reported missing. The children were reported on December 21st, which is a Monday, and by Wednesday the 23rd, the parents held the interview. The analysis was written on the 29th. And John asks the question before Jacqueline begins. He says, what is the mother's priority? So in the interview, we see Trezell telling Jacqueline, you go first. And she begins by saying, we just want to thank everybody in the community for all the support we've seen. We felt so helpless and seeing everybody out here really looking and helping out means a lot. And John says, number one, she says thanks to the community. And John also adds this, context, the case is unresolved. The boys are still missing. Number two, Jacqueline expresses their emotion, meaning Trezell and Jacqueline, of feeling helpless and what it means to receive everybody out here looking and helping out. John says she does not express at this time concern for what the toddlers are currently experiencing. This is expected from a biological mother or nurturing caretaker. Its absence is noted that is consistent with neglect. Neglect, it's the easiest form of child abuse as it takes little or no effort. It can become habitual and young children learn to adapt to it. They may be able to get their own food, including some that will heat or even cook for themselves. This age of inappropriate and risky action is often praised by neglectful parents. Then the interviewer says, so tell us what happened the night the kids went missing. John says, great question. Trezell says, okay, and Jacqueline says, oh my God. John says here, the use of deity by the mother is expected as innocent parents may feel hopeless that they call upon God. And then now the dad speaks and Trezell says, it was cold. I was going to make a fire. There's a lot of wood in this, this area right here next to our house. I opened up the gate. I'm throwing wood, bringing it inside the house. John says, and I do find this interesting, he says, his priority includes an indication of neglect. Opened up the gate is not necessary. He could have said, I left the gate open and my boys are now missing as a priority. But instead, he says, number one, it was cold. Two, I was going to make a fire. It's to tell us his intention, not his action. Number three, unnecessary details found in his priority. There's lots of wood right here next to our house. The audience does not care where there is wood located, but the subject does. Number four, 
Trezel switches to present tense language. I open the gate, which is past tense, strong commitment. Then he says, I'm throwing wood, bringing it inside the house, now being present tense. John says, it is interesting to note that it was cold is to state the reason he went into his intention to make a fire and the present tense of collecting of wood. John questions, what is Trezel seeking to justify? He asks, is it justifying leaving the gate open? Is it something more with location, wood, and throwing? Trezel then says, my wife's inside. She was actually wrapping gifts. John says the use of my wife indicates unity with her. And in my previous video, I talked about the pattern of echoing and Jacqueline would say something and Trezel would echo and repeat it. So I can see that being unity throughout as well. John continues by saying he, he says that she must be a good mom because she was wrapping gifts and this was before Christmas. And then John goes on to say Trezel compares her action of wrapping gifts of actually with something else. My wife's inside, she was actually wrapping gifts. And John asks, what is it? Then Trezel says, so we thought it was a good idea that they, our youngest two, are outside and play with chalk on the back patio. John says, the audience would not likely believe he is talking about other children who are not introduced yet. The audience is listening because the two toddlers are missing. The emphasis that they are the youngest is noted. Then John asks, why the need to separate in his language the two victims from the other unnamed and unreferenced children? This is a great question as well. One of the things that does come up for me is the separation of the boys. They are the adopted ones and Trezell and Jacqueline also have two biological children and we've also heard two foster kids. Next, Trezell says, do not let them go on the dirt in the backyard, keep them close. And John says, we do not know from whom this imperative came, though in context, it may be that he wishes us to believe it came from his wife. Would the adoptive father need to be told this admonition? He says, consider that child neglect is at play in the language. Otherwise, there is no such need for such an admonition. This need to remind one, and he says who, to keep them close is an unnecessary addition to the language. He does not ascribe the admonition to anyone. We cannot state with certainty that either said it. And in my opinion, this was one of the weirdest statements in the entire interview that Trezell spoke of. And I had wondered if this is the reason why the FBI actually dug in the yard, because it's such an odd statement. It came out of nowhere. And he was mentioning how you had to keep the kids close on the patio. Do not let them go on the dirt. Super odd statement. Trezell then says, playing with chalk, came in the house, saw them there, went in the house, came back out. I didn't see them now. And John has, I didn't see them there, but in my transcription, I have, I didn't see them now. And he says, neglect indicated. Should these children end up being kidnapped by a stranger, neglect is indicated. I find this very, very fascinating. He's gleaning these little bits of information from what they're saying. He says, playing with chalk removes the boys from the sentence. Who was playing with chalk? He does not tell us. And we see this throughout the interview where the parents didn't really talk about the boys much. They didn't use their names. He, Trezell did say that he named them, but never not once did we hear them say their name. And they didn't describe 
anything much about them other than being rambunctious, right? And they like to wrestle. It has quite a few people upset and concerned, myself included. Now back to the chalk. John brings up the location. He says, playing with chalk would be outside, but when he says came in the house, saw them there, which appears out of sequence. This has led some analysts to question if something happened to the boys in the house. And side note, we do know that the chief has mentioned foul play and that they are looking in the home and, and that the dogs have picked up the scent of the children in the home, but nothing outside of the home. John goes on to say, if we assume the boys are playing with chalk while he is watching them, though gathering wood for a fire because it is cold. He went inside and saw the boys there and then he went outside and did not see the boys there. He says the awkward sense of communication is coming from someone who communicates smoothly in other areas. This likely did not come from experiential memory. So John is saying that Trezell's story here about the kids playing with chalk and then going in and out of the house is likely not from having the experience of it and remembering it. So in essence, he's saying it's more of a story than from experience. Then Trezell states, I immediately went back in, asked my wife, did you see the boys? She said, no, they should be outside playing with chalk. I said, I didn't see them, so I came back outside and I started searching my backyard. I searched the whole thing. I realized that I left the gate open and I panicked, came inside at the house, searched the house, me and my wife. John now says he is outside in order to go back inside and asked his wife if she saw the boys. He then feels it's necessary to explain why he came back outside. Not seeing them originally outside and not finding them inside, he has no reason to explain why he would go outside again. Location is very important to Trizel, even as he may be losing his way in the statement. And I 100% agree on this. I found it odd as well how he explained why he went back inside and outside and even searching the whole thing. It was odd how detailed he mentioned the word chalk several times as well. And if you want to see my video and my interpretation of the interview, you can see that right here or I will have that in the description below. John says, he next said he searched the whole thing. Is this a very large lot that would warrant such a statement as in acres? If not, the subject is in need of portraying himself as a good guy, suggesting to the contrary. Now, the yard is pretty big yard that we've seen, but I would ask at that point in comparison to what? Because the Wests lived in an apartment before in Bakersfield and didn't have a big yard, so perhaps that could be it. Notable, Trezell didn't search the whole thing as he mentioned he did in the interview and it's been proven on video camera footage. John says the gate re-enters Trezell's language. This is a very strong indicator, he says, unnecessary and repetitive of child neglect regardless of how this comes out. He says we not only have the question of whether he is attempting to build an alibi from the open gate, accidental open gate, let in a kidnapper, etc. But we also wonder if he himself took the boys through this gate. It is not known at this point. Now, I do want to mention in my previous video, I was talking about the video surveillance from the neighbor. And at one point, you can see Trizel at the gate. Actually, you could see him before bobbing up and down and going in and out of this gate. But at one point, you can see him leave that gate. And I questioned this as well in my previous video. Again, you can see that in the description below to find that link.
Also notable in the video surveillance, there were no signs of the children walking in the backyard or leaving that yard, which is the only way out from that backyard, and which was the gate, or out the front door from the front. And the camera didn't pick up on the children in the front yard or the front door either. Trizelle then says, once that didn't pan out, I got in the van, I looked down the street in both directions. And John states he is in the van at this point of his statement, looked maybe driven, but he did not state it to be so. Trizel stated he looked down the street in both directions. He wants his audience to know he was thorough in searching, similar to checking his yard. He says this is also a need to portray himself in the best possible light. Would anyone expect a father or caretaker of missing toddlers to look only in one direction? Or for six minutes. John says he is very concerned with his appearance and asks why. Is it due to his past guilty behavior, neglect, or is it something far more serious? And again, Trizel's actual time for searching for the kids was a whole almost six minutes from start to finish. Then he waited it out in the front yard for 13 minutes while waiting for the cops to arrive and without looking around to see if the children are in the front yard or around that area or at the neighbors. And why? Because he knew, in my opinion, the kids wouldn't be there. Trizel then says it was getting dark, getting cold. And John says, for whom? And he says, how might the dark and cold impact Trizel? He earlier reported it was cold and he had to go to the wooded area for firewood and now returns to the theme of cold. Here is where we expect him to tell us how the cold and the darkness may be impacting his sons. It is the natural response of empathy. And side note, we don't see this in the comments of either of the parents throughout the interview. We don't see them relating it back to the children. Trizel then says, and I got in the van. John says he was in the van earlier and now he got in the van and hit a bunch of corners. He says this may be a common expression or he drove erratically and hit sidewalk corners or it is something that slipped into his language due to an earlier activity. It is not known. He says we do not, however, like to hear the language of physicality in such a setting. So really he's saying this could be a common expression. They don't like to see these types of words in this sentence, or perhaps maybe they were hit or something happened earlier. Trizel then says, I went down this street, I turned my light on. John questions, was this the headlights from the van or did he get out and get a flashlight, which would explain the second entrance into the van. Now this is what I questioned as well. It's odd in my opinion, and in my previous video I thought, why put that statement there? that I got in my van, I turned the light on. It's like saying, I got in my car, turned the ignition on, you know, put it in drive, and then pressed on the gas pedal. In my opinion, this is unnecessary. Unless, like Peter said, there was a flashlight or something of that nature. Trizel then says, I searched, I searched, I called their names, talked to a gentleman on the other side over there, and he didn't see him. So then I came home, I told my wife, you need to call the cops. And this isn't in here, but he also says, we need to get going. It's getting dark and I need help. So I called the cops, the cops came. John says the 911 emergency call would be of value to the analysis. Side note, totally agree. I'd love to hear the call. John then says the need to portray himself in a positive manner continues. 
Trezell then talks about the police and he says, first thing they did was tell us to stay in the house so that they can get a hold of us. John states he attributes this to the police. We would generally consider the cell phone the way police can get a hold of him and his wife, but he reports this as the first thing they did. It is very likely that the responding officers had their doubts about the parents. We do know that the chief who was on camera stated that they did suspect foul play in this situation and in this case. John says next he attributes to the police the body posture and restriction. Trizel says and they had us just sitting there and we want to keep searching but everybody came out in droves and I wanted to thank you guys that night when we couldn't go outside. John explains if he is anxious to get outside and search sitting would enter his language as an increase of his tension. This also goes for the addition of we couldn't go outside. Note that this is before and after his thank you to the recipients, the media and the public, though the boys are not yet found. We should consider that the subject has a need to ingratiation himself psychologically to the audience while portraying himself in a positive light. And all that means ingratiate is to establish oneself or someone else in the favor or good graces of someone, especially by deliberate effort, usually followed by with. John also continues and says that they couldn't go outside. Was this a request by police or was it given in a more forceful manner? Jacqueline says the cops told us the best are out here. And this is where Trezell echoes the best are out here searching and we appreciate it. And nobody ever could tell, could never talk to anybody. John says he again expresses his appreciation to the searchers, though they have not found his sons. He says, was he then saying that the police told them not to talk to anyone? Jacqueline says, we just want to thank everybody. And John asks, for what? Not finding the boys? And Trezell says, we really thank you guys. There's that echo again. John says, ingratiation can be appropriate. Imagine a car salesman being rude to you before trying to close a deal. Imagine a journalist taking a hostile stance, but then expecting answers. The need to ingratiate themselves to the public via media is noted. Jacqueline then says, please, if anybody has seen them, please call, let somebody know. And Trezell says, if, if, call the cops, call, telephone, and then he says, California City Police Department. Call them and let them know what you've seen if you see anything. Our boys, they, they are going to be rambunctious. Okay, they are going to be here in this area and I would really like to go in the houses, but it's not because I want to invade people's privacy. I just want to know if. And John says to describe the toddlers as rambunctious while they went missing in the cold and dark is not a positive linguistic disposition. This is a signal of guilt where blame is subtly shifted to the victims. They would not be rambunctious but cold, hungry, and terrified. Now, I'm sure you would agree when you first heard this interview and this description of the children was totally odd. A lot of furrowing your eyebrows and asking, what the heck did he just talk about? He's explaining the kid's going to be rambunctious. Very weird. Then the journalist says uh, and asks, we just spoke to the biological mother. She said she had a conversation with you guys and that she thinks there's some kind of foul play involved. She thinks you guys did something. What's your response to that? And Trezell says that's understandable and so does Jacqueline. 
John says he is accused of foul play and finds it understandable. And Trezell continues by saying, I would think the same thing. If we can find our babies, guess what? That's no. And that's all I want is to find our babies. And that's it. And then he says, I talked to her this morning, meaning the mom, and I really wanted to tell her that I'm completely sorry because we were entrusted with the children and it came to us and became our children. Now, John says it is likely the case, which would include a lengthy process from visitation to possible court action. I thought he said them, not it, but I could be wrong. Giselle goes on to say, we named them and they, they are our children, so we want them back. So please, if get back on your what you guys are doing, we should be able to get a hold of somebody, but they took all of our tech. John asks, is tech more than just phones? And I'm curious here why John didn't go more in depth about his statement, only highlighted really if we can find our babies and I'm completely sorry. He didn't really ask or dive into anything else, which I find interesting. I feel like he has something there, but maybe he didn't want to talk about that on purpose. I'm not sure. And the reason I also say that is he actually excluded the part where Trezell answers, that's exactly the point. So the journalist asks, you know, the mom is suspecting foul play and that you guys did something. And he answers by saying, that's exactly the point. But it's not in here. So I find it interesting why he didn't put in here. I would love to know. Maybe we should have Peter Hyatt on. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments below. So then Trezell says they want to, I guess, rule us out, which would make sense in the investigation. So that's pretty much it. The journalist says, have you guys talked to the police all last night? And Jacqueline says, yeah. Journalist says, what? So you guys willfully gave them your technology. John states a better question would be from the journalist. What did you give them? Trezell says, yes. Journalist says, the car. Trezell says, yes. Journalist says, did they get, how did they get a search warrant? Did you guys? And Trezell answers saying, I don't see why they got one, but they got one. We would have let them take anything. We would have told them to take everything. We would have tell them take everything. We got them come and search with us. We, we asked them come do that. John states the need to portray himself and his wife as diligent, helpful, and cooperative often belies the opposite. Journalist asks, what did they take? Trezell says, just tech, and that's it, like our phones. Jacqueline says, we need to be out here. Again, we were cold, upset, told to stay put. They have more questions. Literally talked with us the whole time in there. Now, John states, we now may understand that this was more than just a request, but a directive from police. And in my previous live stream with Chris McDonough, we talked about the Orin and Orson West case and we talked about this situation and Chris said that it very well could be that they were directed to stay put and not move. And he also gave a couple of ideas. Now you can also check that out in the playlist or in the description below. Trezell then continues and says they had a sitting down, sitting down. And John says this is in response to they have more questions. Journalist asks, what time do you guys notice the kids were missing and at what time were they reported missing to police? Trezell says, it's about, I believe, I think it was about 4.35ish. That's when everything played out. Journalist says, and then when did you guys call the police to report them missing? Jacqueline says, actually, we searched a little bit around here. It was dark, so we were definitely, we're, we got worried. 
John says the need to portray the emotions is noted. The need to emphasize definitely the emotions heightens the concern that the couple may be artificially editing into their statements what emotions one would expect to be experienced. We also did not hear what emotions the toddlers would be presently experiencing. Side note, Jacqueline uses this a few times in her interview. She says definitely, and she also had some bizarre statements, but here the focus in this analysis seems to be more on Trezell than Jacqueline. She said odd statements like, I definitely know they're not just walking around, they're not that kind. And so John has a conclusion in this analysis and he states, child neglect is indicated in the language. Wherever neglect is indicated, substance abuse should be explored. The adoptive father should be considered a suspect and administered a polygraph. The adoptive mother also indicates neglect and should be considered a suspect, though it may be after the fact. She should be administered a polygraph. The polygraphs must be employed with their own language, not the language of the examiner. The lack of concern for the victims is placed against concern for themselves. The father does not rebuke the bio mom's allegation of foul play, but allows it to stand. Neglect comes in many forms and can lead to outright physical abuse. Neglect becomes a norm and the parents who neglect can become irritated when the children indicate a need to which the parent does not wish to respond. This can lead to unplanned homicide, one losing one's temper. Describing the boys as rambunctious in the context of the missing, particularly in the cold and dark, is an example of subtle victim blaming. In the inherent neglect associated with drugs, the user-seller risks introducing violence, retaliation, and kidnapping for profit into the lives of the children. This short interview raised suspicion upon the adoptive parents rather than give helpful information into what may have happened to the boys. Uh, side note, notice that they never not once said, I don't know where they could be. I am concerned. I have no idea. Jacqueline says they definitely know they're not walking around. And Trezell says they're here in this area, but nowhere did they say, I have no idea where they could be. So John says, it is unknown if the guilt found in this interview is due solely to neglect or it is due to their own criminal activity leading to the disappearance of the boys and possible cover-up. I find this type of work fascinating, how they can glean this from analyzing their wording. I do wish John went into a little more detail with Jacqueline as she did have some bizarre statements as well, but I can see the focus is more on Trezell and we know that Trezell was the main speaker in this interview. What are your thoughts about this and the analysis? It really gives us a little more insight and clues into what could have been going on, doesn't it? Let me know what your thoughts are in the comments below. Please subscribe if you haven't done so already. Please like and please share. Thank you so much for watching. See you soon. And also to corporations. Muffler guy or non-muffler guy. <laughs>